It's not personal, but it's a pursuit of truth. I have my job is to get the truth, and I will get it. And you'll jam me up all you want, but I'll figure out a way to get it. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with me, Jason Hunt. The mission with this show is to discuss all things marketing, sales, and mindset. It's my hope for entrepreneurs like you to get the most from your efforts so that you can focus on what you do best. Let's go. Thank you for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. I'm Jason, and that is Kenneth Jackson. And today we're talking about crafting your message, crafting your story. And I can think of nobody better to talk about this topic than Kenny. Uh, Kenneth Jackson is an award-winning crime reporter and television producer in Ottawa, Ontario, with nearly two decades in the business. He got his start in community newspapers before joining the Ottawa Sun in 2007. In 2011, Jackson joined APTN to break the Bruce Carson scandal, if anybody out there can remember that. The former, the former senior aide to Prime Minister Stephen Harper tried using his contacts in the federal government to sign water deals with First Nations. The RCMP would charge Carson with influence peddling based on APTN's reporting. The case would make it all the way to the Supreme Court of Canada, which upheld his conviction in 2018. Kenneth recently received the 2020 Michener. Did I pronounce that right? Michener? The Michener Award, which is awarded to the top journalism. It's a top journalism award in Canada for his reporting on child welfare. Kenny, welcome to the show. Glad to be here, finally. How many shows have yeah. you done without inviting me? <laughs> so for real, right? Like, man, for, I mean, total full transparency to our audience. Kenny is a, is a great friend of mine. We go way back to our university days at St. Mary's and, um, and we're, he's a good buddy of mine. And, and he, it's been a while. I should have had you on this show much sooner to talk about some of these topics we're going to talk about today, but uh, better late than never, right? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. For sure. So, I mean, first and foremost, I mean, we, we kind of breezed over, you know, your bio. Maybe you can talk a little bit about, you know, what got you into to journalism in the first place. I remember back in the day, you writing for a newspaper called the Halliburton Echo. And you started from there. And, and, and now you're now you're writing for the or you're writing for the Ottawa Sun, APTN. Maybe you give us a little bit of insight into that journey. Well, it was always uh, something I knew I was going to do. Uh, reporting uh, to be a journalist, like you might call it a calling. You know, like we met because I went to play football out in St. Mary's. That didn't work out. But even then, that was just a short-term goal of mine. But I knew I was going to uh, always be a reporter. So when I didn't work out at St. Mary's, I, I went to a small college near my house and just devoured it, right? I just, from day one, wanted to put that mentality, like a football mentality, wide receiver mentality to journalism and just trying to be the best, you know, the best there is. Like you want to win. That's how I approach journalism. So at what point, at what point in, at what point in your journey were you like, you know what, journalism's the thing for me? Because I don't believe you studied journalism initially at St. Mary's, right? No, I didn't. Like I said, football was, like there was a program at St. Mary's where you could do two years at St. Mary's and two years at King's. That didn't work out, so I had to go back. So when I when I dropped out of university, that's when I went to, to college. Absolutely. Now, have you have you done much work? Um, I mean, most of your journalistic work is on is on the uh, is on crime reporting. Have you touched much on uh, business at all? I've always been like I did that. My freelance for a while. I did I did various forms of law. I like, want to be freelance or you know um, intellectual property. It's like. Business and reporting, I guess, in a way, is, is just it's just a hustle, right? 
uh, it's just a different way of doing it and approaching it. Like you have, you know, an idea for a business or a, a project or whatever, you you go at probably the same way I go about me as a, as I try to understand what's the point A to point B, like the narrative, the timeline of what's what's happened or what's going on, or and I find the holes and the gaps and see where you know where can I fit in. Uh, I imagine it's very similar in terms in terms of what you guys do in business or in entrepreneur. I think one of the most challenging things um, from my desk is when I'm talking to a client that is an entrepreneur that's grinded their way to be a successful entrepreneur and having them try to open up and tell that story and to share that story on social media. Um, do you have any tips? I mean, that's probably something that that you struggle with is when you would have a challenge with is getting somebody to open up when you're interviewing them, to get them up to open up about their past when they might not, not be that comfortable with sharing their experiences. How do you go about that? Well, I write about some heavy stuff, right? Um, so absolutely. It, it always begins with a conversation, much like this. It's just between you and me. Tell me everything. Because I need to know. I I can't help you unless I know what what happened, where they've been, you know, what's been going on, or what the business is about, or who their other backstory is and whatnot. But the same thing. Tell me everything, and I ask quite. You know, I, I let people tell me. I say start at the beginning, and then I have, I'll jump in with like timeline questions. Okay, well, give me the date on this. Give me this. Give me these 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 details. Then after that fact, after they've already opened up and they finally they've already expressed how they feel, it can be therapeutic in a lot of ways. And from there, I go, okay, now you trust me with what I do. And then, then I explain it to them that this is how I see. Like, I think you should, I think we should talk about this. I think we should pull this part from your life. And this will help me tell the story and, or, or whatnot, right? And having an, uh, an ability to just talk and listen at the very beginning and then building off of that. Yeah, I think it's interesting just knowing somebody that you meet for a very short period of time. You have to quickly... Uh, quickly develop that no like and trustability with them for them to be able to be comfortable enough to open up with you. Um, I can see that as being one of the biggest challenges with your job. Yeah. Uh, the, the good news is I'm doing it for 20 years. So now when people come to me, they generally know what they're, what the, why they're coming to me. The business factor to the news as well. Right. Don't, don't, don't forget about that. Like I've always worked for kind of smaller, smaller uh, papers or companies. I've always been competing against the, the bigger, the bigger dogs, the bigger fish, like uh, CBC or CTV or Global Mail, Crown Star. I find they, when they come to me, they know they know exactly what they're going to get. Right? They're going to get hard work and persistence. And then even when the story's done, I don't get, I don't just say okay, goodbye. I'm there constantly. I'm, I'm, I'm there. I've had to call people from. Uh, they're giving birth. They've called me. Like that's how crazy it can get. That's crazy that people would actually call you um, when they're delivering a baby. Just going to call Kenny and give him a quick call here and say what's up. What was the backstory to it? But still, the call came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's cool. So um, let's get let's move on a bit to you know switch lanes and talk a little more about the the tactical stuff of actually writing a story. Um, when you write a story, um, is there is there a method that goes with it? Like when you're crafting that story. Yeah, like I said, like I, I am a very much a, a narrative uh, reporter, like a timeline reporter. Like I, like when I covered um, murders in Ottawa, fifth day for the Ottawa Sun. You try and do, you try and get work. So you start where the where the body was fell, so to speak, right? For lack of a better term, you start there and you work your way back, and you go, okay, well, how the how they get here? 
so I would you go and you talk to neighbors and talk to people and family and you build a timeline of, of where they were and where they were you know where they went. You need to know everything there is to know about that person before or that story before you can write it. You know, I'm lucky I don't have to do I don't have to turn around a story in a day anymore. It doesn't run until I'm hundred percent confident that I know every single thing about it. You have to overturn every stone, turn over every stone, and that includes documents like corporation records. You know, if I'm looking on a group home, I'm going to flip over, flip over everything and see what's what, you know, what's there. Uh, due diligence, right? So when you go into actually putting the the pen to paper or you know typing those fir- first few words on a story, um, it, it, what goes into that preparation right before you get started, or is it something where it's just like spon- spontaneously you just start writing? How does that work? The work's been done. Uh, you know, I've I've done all the work I can. Probably have an idea of how I want it to go, but I don't, the, during interviews with people, they might say something. Like when I did the stories on the, all the children that were dying in the child welfare system in Ontario, some of them death is expected. They found it on a document, and obviously that was going to be a headline. Death is expected. Uh, part of it anyways. What's the, the, the one line I was going to see right away? What's going to catch their attention? Then you write your, your lead, which is your first sentence. You know, one of the stories I wrote, I, I couldn't figure out for the life of me how to start it. And I could, it was like the story number 13 of this young girl's life. I remember that there's a song you play when you were kids by Hayden. Um, and I, I put on Hayden. It was just that right tone. That right, that Which right song? Mix. Which song was that? What song by Hayden? Just I just went on Spotify and just said just play all, right? And mm-hmm. um and it was just his uh it was just that allowed me to get in the right frame of mind to find the right words, and it's still to this day one of my favorite things. I you know, it was literally that story, but on music that could trigger a memory or trigger a certain thing, and bang, it came out. So you were able to come up with the headline of that story. You hit writer's block, I guess, if that's what you want to call it, in terms of mm-hmm. finding that headline for the story. And and you use the inspiration of some music to kind of tap into your own personal experience to concoct that tit- that headline, that title. Yeah, absolutely. Find the right mood. Yeah. Find the just. I was struggling. I had this horrific story that I've already like at that point I'd already written like eighteen stories I think on this girl in a year. It was crazy. Um, and this was the final one. I generally have an idea what it's going to be going into it. But there's times where you've done it so many times you need, you need new influences. Gotcha. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And uh, I mean, while we're on the topic, let, let's, let's, let's go over to the, the Michener award that you won uh, this year, which I, which is awesome. Congratulations again. Like that's, that's amazing, man, because that's like the pinnacle, right? That's for like top journalism or journalistic work in Canada. Right. Maybe tell a little bit about the yeah, story behind that. Top of the mountain. I did it with my colleague uh, Colin Crozier. Uh, him and I both were nominated one. So he did the TV stuff, TV part of things. I, I did the all the investigating for the most part. It's not just one story that won that award. It was all 2020. Uh, like we only answered a few stories, and it was about a young girl that was 12 that died in care. She was the third sister to die in seven months by suicide. Uh, so there's no reason why. So she should have been, uh, you know, 12 years old, been abused throughout her life. High alert, right? talking about killing herself her sisters just both killed themselves it should have been high alert and it wasn't so you build the story from up from there when the pandemic hit on march 11 2020 we all remember where we were what was going on and it was crazy but my mind was thinking oh my god there's a lot of kids right now who are going to age out of care like at 18 or 21 depending what type of care they're under who are going to be kicked out to the curb had nothing but during the pandemic 
I've known you for a while and know you enough to, to know that you have a lot of grit and worth at work ethic and, uh, and, uh, you never give up till the job's done. I remember me coming to your house and, uh, in Brampton and, and I'd bring home, uh, it would be the summertime where I'd bring over the like, Halliburton County Echo and your dad would like go through it. It was like, it was a pretty cool moment even then. Man. I mean, yeah. Publishing content. I mean, it, getting that kind of exposure even, you know, and, and even at the time when it was the Halliburton Echo, such a small newspaper, but it was just so cool at the time. And, and do you ever sit back and be like, wow, like I'm writing for the Ottawa Sun. I'm on APTN. I just won a Michener award. Like, does it sink in or you just keep going and grinding and doing your thing? If there's one thing I swear by, it's this. To be as effective as you possibly can be, you've got to focus on one thing, just the one thing. This is why I merged my social media agency with an SEO company so we could become more versatile in the digital marketing space. If you're in the business and you're dealing with multiple contacts for all of your digital assets and taking up a whole ton of your time, that doesn't need to happen. Contact Merged Media and we'll set up a call and see if there's a fit. Or go on over to merged.ca, M-E-R-G-E-D.ca. Just to get nominated for Michener is huge. You are generally one of five or six finalists, and you are the top of the mountain. So I had two and three years, and so now that the, you know, obviously on the second one I won, I was just overwhelmed. Uh, I worked so hard for twenty years, like just relentless. You see people on Twitter or, or kids I talk to, they go, "What do I do? You just work harder than everybody else. That's it. Just work hard. Like I don't care because if you're right and you have a gut feeling, you know it's going to work out." Someone will take it. If you know what you if you have a good idea and you get told no five times or 10 times or 20 times, but you know you're going to do it, figure a way to get it done. That's the way I've always been. I refuse to take no for an answer from anybody. And particularly people in power, I dig in then. You tell me no, I dig in. And it's not personal, but it's a pursuit of truth. I have my job is to get the truth and I will get it. And you'll jam me up all you want, but I'll figure out a way to get it. I have several stories that I'm hoping are even bigger than the ones I've already done. Like you always try and do bigger and better every year, right? Absolutely. hundred percent, man. Great inspiration. And a good segue to the next question, which is uh, social media and what kind of an impact has social media had um, following a news story for you? Do you, do you use social media much? Do you see much traction with it in terms of getting the word out there? Social media is everything. It is key to what I do. Facebook is key. Uh, uh, I, it's, almost, it's a massive tool for me for to reaching people. Twitter is where I find the policymakers are, the other reporters. You know, there's regular folk on there too, but not the same. It's not the same. If I want you to know what I'm working on, or if I'm like calling out a minister, I'll call him right out on Twitter. You know, I'll say, you know what? You know, I'm doing all these stories, but I can't see you for miles. You're nowhere to be found. Where are you? If you went back to my Twitter account from October to December of last year, I unload everything I'm doing on there. That's where I put everything. It is the way that I have built um, an audience and they're into what I'm doing and they want to see more what I'm doing and they and they trust and they believe me. And I am very, very upfront. I believe in transparency. I've learned to soften my approach over the years, but I will lay it out. I'll lay it out there. I don't care. I don't care who upsets or offends. If it's, if it's the truth and I can prove it. It's going on there, and social media is a way for me to express myself. 
It's interesting because I mean, it, depending on what business that that you're in, um, you know, you can't paint the same brush in terms of social media platforms that are good for those businesses. Obviously, in your, um, you know, as a journalist, Twitter's got to be the platform. Majority of businesses, I would say, Facebook or Instagram would be the play. But in in your case, there having those contacts and connections, living on that platform is the reason why you need to be there, and um, that's important for uh, people out there to note who might think that Twitter might not be the platform for them. It, it certainly may be if you're trying to get in front of the people that Kenny just mentioned. Well, you know, I, I look at, I have Instagram, I have Facebook. I don't do the TikTok and all the other stuff you guys do these days. TikTok's my jam. <laughs> Big fan. But they're all, they're all different. As we wrap up here, um, we have a new segment at the end of every show, which we're going to get to in a second. But before we get to that, Kenny, what's the best way our audience can get in touch with you if they have any questions? Well, like I'm on Twitter. It's a, a fixed address, like a fixed address. We do have one question that came in as a comment uh, from Wade. What's next for the greatest journalist out there? <laughs> Wade being our, our, our good buddy and best friend. Thank you, Wade. Uh, what's next? Like, is that I'm, you know, I, I'm trying to make a bigger impact. I'm focused on an even bigger story in terms of, uh, changing the system because while you can return kids in care and you can you can air you can bring all the truth into the light and you can have policy change and money invested there's things that need to just be completely changed and there needs to be the news that they need my attention right now awesome cool ken we're gonna hit you up some rapid fire questions right now it's coming at you they're gonna come at you hot and uh first thing that comes to mind okay you got it you ready go ahead Let's go. All right. What color is your toothbrush? Green. What's your favorite superhero? Spider-Man. Are you a morning or a night person? Morning. Where is the next travel destination outside of Canada? Uh, Italy. If you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be? What's his name? Hugh Jackman? On the Wolverine? Seems pretty cool. What's your biggest addiction? Stories. Literally my work. I'm addicted to it. Got it. What's your favorite social media platform? Twitter. Favorite beverage? Beer. Favorite book? The Sun Also Rises by Ernest Hemingway. Last one. If you could interview anyone, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Dead or alive? Gosh, that's a tough one, eh? Like, that's like that one. I've never thought of that. Um, you know what? It's a big deal right now for our Sir John A. McDonald, the, the founding father of uh, Candy Day. Uh, he's getting a lot of flack. He turned, he turned down statues. I, I'd like to have a conversation with him about his policies and and whether he thought it was the right idea for some of the things he did. Ken, thanks so much for your time. You're awesome, dude. Thanks, man. No problem. There you go. Kenneth Jackson, uh, reporter. Um, I hope that brought a lot of value to you guys out there that are thinking about, you know, writing your own story into or carving it into your own uh, social media content or even the blog content on your website. I know a lot of you have a really uh, myself included, have a really difficult time putting that pen to paper to write a piece of blog content. And um, sometimes you just need to dive into your past and understand the 
the foundation on, on what got you into entrepreneurship in the first place and kind of weave that into your story. Because I think, especially if you're trying to target other entrepreneurs, if you're a coach, for example, I mean, you have to weave this narrative into your story because it's so important because I think uh, a lot of entrepreneurs um, have a similar type of story that got them to where they are today. There was something in their lives that drew them down this path of, you know, being self-employed. You have to be self-disciplined. You have to be a risk taker, all these types types of things. So it's important to understand the foundation on where you got started and do weave that into your story. Because I think for the most part, people like to buy from people and people are attracted to stories. So just keep that in mind when you go to put that pen to paper for your next piece of blog content or social media post. Again, thanks again for watching. Thanks again for listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast. Please give a subscribe and a five star on your go-to podcast platform. Have a great one, guys. We'll see you next week. Don't settle for good. Be great.